You are listening to the Solid-ish Marriage Podcast. We are Scott and Betsy Neismer, marriage therapists, and we created this space to offer some reprieve from the expectation that you're supposed to have this perfectly solid marriage all the time. It's ridiculous. I mean, nobody can go without conflict. Nobody can go without pain in their marriage. So Solid-ish is about being honest with the stuff in our stories, showing that when we take the risk and be totally real and honest with our spouse, things actually get a lot better. And for this episode, we had the privilege of interviewing Jim and Kathy Liskey, who are totally amazing uh, people and have been in ministry in this area for a long, long time. But before we get into that, Betsy has a cool little thing for us. We are going to play a bit of a game, test Scott's marriage skills. Mm -hmm. It is called Crap or Keep. Interesting. What I'm going to do is read off some quotes about marriage or relationships and see if Scott thinks they're crap or if it's a keep. Okay. So. I'm ready. First one. First one. The attachment channel overrides anything else. Period. Mammal 101. (laughs) (laughs) i was totally expecting like a marriage is about the mixture of hardship and orange juice and (laughs) patience and you're wow so okay repeat that the attachment channel overrides anything else period mammal 101 (laughs) uh I think that is that is a keeper for sure because mm. there is it that's just absolutely true. That yeah. Like as much as we want to be nice to each other when we start panicking or when we either are in physical danger or or just feel like we're going to die uh emotionally or whatever. I mean that stuff just takes you over anyway, so yeah. yeah. So keeper. I think All that's, right. that's a keeper. It's a great marriage quote. Yeah, I kind of like that one too. <laughs> Okay, here's another one. A successful marriage requires falling in love many times, always with the same person. Gotcha. So that's much more what I was expecting. <laughs> and that is crap. Uh-oh. I, I mean, it's, granted, this is just my opinion, but I think that is crap. Uh, it's it's cute, mm-hmm. but I'd say that's the fun part of marriage mm. when you get to like refall in love with each other mm-hmm. and stuff. But like that is always preceded by heartache yep. because in order to refall in love, that means you've fallen out of love, which is really scary, which means that wounding has happened. Mm. And like we got to be able to work through that stuff if we're going to be able to do the fun part. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, honestly, it's just like sex, right? We got to work through mm-hmm. the other stuff if we get to the fun stuff later. Mm-hmm. So, no, if if it's something just that simple, that's crap. Yeah. All right. Next one. Marriage is our last best chance to grow up. Ooh. I like it. I think that's a keeper. Mm. Our last best chance to grow up. Why? Why is that a keeper? From what I've seen in the work that I've done with my clients is we seem to be attracted to the type of person who reflects the parent that we have the most unresolved issues with. Mm, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I've noticed that. Yep. Yeah. So like whoever you're naturally going to be attracted to as a spouse, take your parent that you have your most unresolved issues with. And you, you might 
end up seeing some similarities between your parent and that person or, you know, and your spouse. And I think the reason for that is when we run into these painful moments, these wounding moments with that particular parent, and if there's no repair that Mm -hmm. happens and no follow-up, then emotionally we kind of get stuck there, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Like as far as our like psychological maturing, we tend to get stuck there. And so there is a real element of you, you kind of stay young. Mm -hmm. And so I see we reach out to this person who kind of represents that parent as like what this quote said, as our last chance at growing up. It's like, all Mm -hmm. right, with, with my parent, that didn't seem to work. I tried either they're not available. I'm too scared, whatever. So maybe if I try it with you, then I can actually get that repair and I can grow up the rest of the way now. I like that. To put it simply as iron sharpens iron. Mm, yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. The, ladies and gentlemen, this is a beautiful example of the value Betsy adds <laughs> to our relationship. <laughs> I, I can do the deep thinking and get there in about 10,000 words. And then Betsy comes along. She's like, oh, yeah, five words. Nailed it. <laughs> well done. That was fun. All right. Now, uh, Betsy, is there anything that you want our listeners to know about Jim and Kathy Liskey before we dive into the rest of the episode? They're they're a couple that has been really solid and really wise Mm -hmm. in in my life and just a blessing to know them and who they are. I'm really excited about this episode because they do have a lot of wisdom. Particularly Mm -hmm. what was I thought were really cool about this episode is um, in marriage therapy, there's there's kind of a two-pronged approach um, when it comes to you know, what do we do with conflict. There's the after the conflict direction that Betsy and I spend most of our time with, which mm-hmm. right because that's most people don't come into therapy uh, before the conflict. They say, <laughs> mm, this sucks. All right, now let's talk to somebody. Uh, so we deal a lot with the second prong, which is, all right, the conflict has happened. Now let's teach the skills of repair. Let's help you guys. Let's create that safe space. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Jim and Kathy in this episode, I think did a great job at sharing what that first prong is, Mm -hmm. avoiding the conflict in the first place. Yes. Right. And, and what is kind of the number one thing that really, really helps with that? So listen up for that, enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening. We are high school sweethearts. We were born and raised in Northern Lower Michigan. And um, we went to middle school and high school together, started dating in high school. I'm a year older than Jim, so I went to a local Mm. community college. Um, Before we were engaged, um, it, we were actually at the same college together. Uh, we had had a summer where we were partially broken up, I think, but we were back together. And um, week and a half, two weeks after we were married, we went right out to seminary in Sioux Falls. And Howdy. so we moved away from family instantly. And after three years, moved back to Michigan, but to southwest Michigan, where Jim had his first church. Okay. And wow. um, we were there for... Which was called... It was Woodland Shores Baptist Church. Woodland Shores. Yeah. Churches always have beautiful names. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. In this part of the world, we, we tend to have that, <laughs> don't we? Well, we tend, like, like there's, there's no like 
A1 church out there in the world somewhere. Right. Well, we did serve at Second Reformed Church in Lenox, South Dakota. Oh, we oh did. yes. Well, right. The seminary. first one burned down. So oh. this, that was the second reform. <laughs> I, I have no idea why they would call it second reform. But yeah. anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> so that's not it's a really like, great name. We tried the first time and it just it didn't, it didn't work. work. It literally yeah, burned to we'll the ground. We'll try again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kathy team. actually drove on our first few dates because right. I didn't have my license. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I was dating one of her friends and she kissed me. <gasps> And I kissed you, not you her did? friends. Oh, yeah, one okay. of my friends. No, yes. You kissed me, uh, you know, on a little thing and Whoa. broke us up. Yeah, that's Whoa. right. That yeah. was Drama. the beginning of the end. You came and oh. got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, moved back to Michigan and uh, lived four and five hours away from our families. Wow. Um, while we had our first little bit of, uh, so your first official church position and then we moved after three years we moved to eastern and then western canada and spent um 12 close to 13 years in those two positions total before we moved back to michigan now living in southwest michigan wow so we we live probably the most formative days of our marriage away from family yes yeah which i know like some people can thrive on that but usually people struggle with that what was that like for you guys we thrived and struggled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair mm-hmm. I mean, there were, there were. I mean, it was great. We we loved being in Canada. We loved the churches we served. Mm-hmm. But there were moments of feeling very alone. Christmases mm-hmm. when we couldn't get home. Yes, right, um, right. Yeah, th- those hard. weren't extremely high-paying jobs. Yeah. And we we chose to have one of us home with the kids, so we were living at one income. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I mean, with, there were a couple Christmases. It was. It was hard. It was yeah. just us and. You know, we're both of us are fairly close to our families. We mm-hmm. have we have good families. So, but the upside was it taught us to depend on each other, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there was no going home to mom if there was an argument. Right. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. Had, we had to settle right. it. So. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's us or nothing. Right. That's it. Right yeah. As you look back at that time of the crucible, if you will, or it, one of, I'm sure, n- numerous right, crucibles in your have, life. We all have many of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the careers of our marriages. What gifts do you recognize coming out of that time? Tenacity. Yes. I mean, we, we, just, so. we had to decide we're going to resolve this. Mm. We're going to stay in the conversation. Give each other space. I mean, we, you know, it's interesting when you're in a ministry position or a counseling position or a teaching position, you find yourself going, oh, oh I just said that to somebody last week. Mm. So now I need to apply it to my life. Right. So, okay, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Mm-hmm. All right. So, mm. use, you know, use I statements, um, reflective listening, <laughs> all these things that I was teaching on a weekly right. basis. My, yeah. lo- my loving wife would every once in a while have to remind me, hey, dude, mm. you, you know, you just taught about that last week. Can we, yeah. can we do that here at home? Nice. And, and she was always gracious in doing it. But, and I didn't always receive it well, but mm-hmm. over time, I think I've warmed up to that. But we, we had to resolve stuff. I think that's get, a really get good. Get on with it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point that when you hear a little bit of direction or correction from mm. your spouse. I know this is true for me. <laughs> when I'm not so happy with him, it's really hard to hear that. And and I think there's something that happens when you shift that perspective and say, you know what, I trust your heart in this, even though I'm angry at it. Mm. I trust it and and I need to to take that and and run with that a little bit. Right. That's hard to do. It's crazy hard to do. 
I mean, I know th- when you call me on my stuff, you'd be like, hey, you're a counselor, right? <laughs> you know, wha- why don't you use some of the... Yeah. And I'm like, mm, don't you dare. Would you say this to your client right <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah. I had to learn quickly that the gift of communication has two sides. Mm-hmm. Okay. That I can use it to build up or I can use it to bury yeah. And so I had to learn early on it was that I had to talk less and I had to listen more. Mm. And then just understanding each other's family of origin. Um, mm. Kathy, Kathy's dad is in glory now, but he had a hard job as a police officer. Ooh, in yeah. the old days when you worked seven hours on, you know, and, you know, 16 off, but then you rotated every week. Uh-huh. So Oof. one week you're working seven to three, and next week you're working three to eleven. Yeah. And I remember her dad like, and I was at her house a lot in high school. I wouldn't see him for two three weeks because he'd be sleeping or at work, and wow. so he wasn't always receptive. And I have a great deal of empathy for that, you know, of mm. communication. Yeah. So I had to learn. Okay, there are times that I communicate in a manner that may be bringing up old hurts mm. for yeah. Kathy. So I, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's that that process of learning. I, I think the big thing is empathy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think we have a massive empathy deficit mm. in, in our world right now. And yeah. I, and I, I, I'm a whole lot better at it now after 38 years than I was when I was younger. Yeah. Mm. How, do you, how do you empathize? How do I put myself in the other person's position? Mm-hmm. I think we learned to do that. At that time when you were learning that lesson, how long had you guys been married? We were into our second decade. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I have a, you know, we, we both have a fair amount of education in psychology. Mm-hmm. And so that was a benefit for us. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it wasn't a benefit for us. Because mm-hmm. we want to analyze the other person. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> but I think when, particularly me, wh- wh- I had to back up and go, okay, utilize this to understand and empathize. Don't use it to try and fix. Yeah. Oh, hold right. on. That's amazing. <laughs> we just need to, for, for the listeners, focus on that. Well, especially mm-hmm. for men, right? Yes. We're built to fix it. Right. Some, yes. Sometimes Kathy didn't, she didn't want my opinion. She just wanted to talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, and I, I see this so much in my office where, the men want to fix their wives and the reason behind that is you care we do you we want to do we want to help right? when you help. see something exactly. that's hurting you want to pick it up and say let's do this i got you right and all the wife hears is what what did you hear uh let's talk this out and get it over with and done with so yeah. we can we can go on with life that's yes. amen right right exactly. yes and that's exactly what i was saying yes. yeah <laughs> Right, right. right. <laughs> Let's get this over with. Yes. Right. And sometimes out of our hurt there, even though we have great intentions, we can unintentionally injure. Mm-hmm. Yes. When we need to, A lot. we need to wait for that right time. Yeah. And, um, Sometimes that's waiting for our right time, and sometimes that's waiting for both our and the receptors. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Because there's two people. You exactly. both gotta be there. Yeah. 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 You said it beautifully. How do I end up feeling in this moment when he's trying to fix it? Is I feel like we're trying to hurry up and move past this. Right. All the time in our sessions, we're sitting in this space with couples, and we affirm to them, "Look." obviously you don't like to feel this way. I mean, you feel miserable, you're in pain, you're hurting, you're frustrated, whatever. If you got to choose your emotions right now, you would choose something else. Yeah, right. Right, but so I'm here, I don't necessarily want to be here feeling this way, but I am here 
And then that attachment question of, are you willing to still be with me mm-hmm. even as I am now? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why fixing is so hurtful. Right. right. Because it's, it's a clear message of, nope, I'm going to help you be different, but I really need you to be different before yeah. I'm willing I'm to just I'm uncomfortable with, with you, you in this emotion, so I need to change you and right. fix you right. so yes. that I feel better, so that you feel better yeah. and we're all good. Right. Yeah. Right. Even right. though it comes from that place of I care about you and I don't want you to hurt. Right. It's still on your end, Kathy, that's that. You, you don't accept me mm-hmm. deep down in who I am. You don't right. accept who I am right. and that hurts. So that's why I give massive kudos to Jim for yeah. learning that and yeah. to say, you know what, whether I want you to have this raw spot around your dad and communication or not, it's there. I didn't put it there, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to be empathetic towards it instead of trying to, that's amazing. Yeah, that's well, awesome. I mean, don't, don't think too highly of me. I mean, <laughs> it, it, w- it was a long journey. Of I think there's a difference between knowing it and exercising it. Yes. Right? So exactly. you can know it. Right. But, yep. you know, we were busy. Mm-hmm. Kathy, you know, Kathy was always been in, been in ministry. We've always worked together. Wow. So, you so know, you guys were in ministry, which is a whole different type of relationship there, right? Mm. Being in a fishbowl. And you work together. Yes. So for most of those years, right. Talk, talk to me about the impact on your relationship as far as those things go. Cause that's a lot. Mm. We had to very in- intentionally not discuss things at home mm. that mm. I knew he had to talk to someone else about on my team or that he knew mm. he needed to address something with in my category of work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with my supervisor and so you know the whole nepotism thing is Mm -hmm. it's a big deal yep Mm. yeah we need to be careful of enmeshment Mm -hmm. of of just not having good boundaries between work yep and personal life Mm. and you know not getting into the thing where well i saw you in the hall today so i spent time with you Mm. (laughs) right i mean yeah or hey i was you know i came by at rehearsal and gave you a kiss on the cheek and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the benefit was he would do so the benefit was i was one of the only pastors that could sleep with the music director and i didn't get in trouble (laughs) yes that was was an awesome part of it score but but uh, you know and then and then wanting to keep our kids in a safe space too and um, mm-hmm. you know, pastors' kids don't always turn out well. Yep. Because right. they do feel as though they're, you know, they can't be who they are. And by God's grace, the kids would say we did fairly well. Right. But it was we, well, you know, how do you not bring it all home? And that was yeah. that was always a challenge. But Kathy's always been supportive of it, and she's always helped draw those lines, give the kids space, help the kids see that even though there were evenings I was gone, I was the dad that went on the field trips because mm-hmm. I could control my own schedule most yeah. of the time. Yeah, right yeah. on. Right and on. so she was a good interpreter of, hey, th- you know, this is, yeah, that's, your dad can't do that, but your dad can do this mm-hmm. because of the job he does. So that was right. that was our teamwork that we were able to nice. pull off. So I'm, I'm curious, if you guys are willing, I'm curious if any memories come to your mind of, yeah, we did it well lots of times, but here's a couple of pointed examples of it did not go well. Mm. If, if you've not lived in ministry, there's just stuff that you don't know about what that life is like. Right. Um, yeah, for example, the pastor's wife is the loneliest position in a church, right? I remember our, uh, the pastor that married us. 
he and his wife and, and she and they've both gone uh, to glory now and I remember her when they retired she said we can have friends now and they were That's in their crazy. late 60s and I remember hearing that and just thinking oh, that is heartbreaking how do you survive all those years without friends um, yeah, well yeah I remember one time just being involved in music at an uh, an older church and someone gave me a call and said so can we just go back to normal since you and Jim are going to be gone for two weekends can the music just go back to normal and she was very indignant about it and quite wow quite angry yeah. wow. Like, can, and, can we go back to when the music was good okay, before so, you came along and that was the era where we wow. you know you were introducing contemporary music and everything oh, yeah right so 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 many wonderful experiences but a few that yeah. were yeah you yeah, know, of so course. Available ink spots. Yeah, of course. Because so I know you know people are getting better. I think at understanding. All right, when you're in ministry, the amount of criticism and just people's opinions, whether informed or not, whether helpful or not, they are there. Talk to me about the relational aspect of that, of supporting each other through that times when that like again lessons that you learned out of that times when that did not go well for you guys. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? Yeah, we've. I've always been called into turnarounds. Mm. Meaning what? Um, every ministry that I've been engaged in, even in the faith-based not-for-profit realm, mm -hmm. has been a failing ministry when I've gone. Mm -hmm. And okay. my job has been to turn it around. Okay. Yeah. So to a church and a not-for-profit that were $6 million in debt when I went, 150-year-old um, church, when it was 125, sorry, when we got there, dying. Wow. Right. Mm. Um, ministry in another city where the pastor had been there 25 years and it probably stayed 10 years too long. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. So it's kind of like God always put us in these turnaround situations, which in, in, on one hand, it, it's easier for the short term because you come and you create some short term wins and people are happy. But then when you start messing with the yeah. deep systemic mm -hmm. things that have to yeah. change that that's yeah. usually when, you just start praying for a, a number of funerals to take place. Yeah. The future <laughs> if, if that happens. Thank you for Sorry. being real about that. That might be an yes. edit right there. No, that's, well, I, but that's just, real. That's what it is. Well, and, and, I, and I'm sympathetic. I have a hard time being real critical of the people in the pew because it's the people in the pulpit that have taught them. Yeah. Right, so we've created yeah. it ourselves. So sure, sure. But I it's, love that. it, that's a really cool I, perspective. And, and I also understand that. You know, like especially in marriage, you know, we can have moments of like, holy crap, I just want you want to light you on fire. Oh, my gosh, I wish you were <laughs> dead. <laughs> mm -hmm. Even though that's not at all what I right. want for Betsy. It's what I, I actually want. I want relief from my own pain. Yeah. And this is just the way that I'm expressing that. Yeah. So like, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I think the thing we we had to really pay a lot of attention to and Kathy would help me with it because it was particularly an issue for me was projection of emotion. Right. Yeah. So I'd get I'd come out of a a meeting where it didn't go well right, to say the least I'd come home and I'd have this look on my face mm -hmm. and demeanor my body language is angry and of course she's receiving that mm -hmm. thinking you're home now is that towards me and then I'd be short of my answers and, and that would start a lot of conflict for us if someone were to say what's the one piece of advice you want to give um, somebody that's going to get married, I say outserve each other. Mm. Yeah. Not, you know, well, you're going to do this. Well, what about me? When am mm. I going to get a chance to do that? You know, when yeah. I hear that, especially in younger couples, I think, oh mm -hmm. man, 
that's you know you're just you're digging up a lot of stuff it's going to be a really hard bury down the road yeah. out serve each other that's yeah that's important yeah mm. this is me digging a little bit so f- f- take this for what it's worth but have there been i got to imagine that you guys are, are very normal in the sense that there have been moments where so I, hear, I hear you say out serve each other there's been moments where you felt like I am definitely outserving you right now, <laughs> and that kind of sucks. <laughs> I feel like he's done more outserving toward mm-hmm. me than I have of him over and the I years. And I feel it's the other way. So, so. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. What are the raw feelings of moments like that? And then, what do you get? What did you do with yourself and and for each other in those spaces? Oh, there are times of life that just suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there there are there are seasons of marriage that are just flat out hard. Right. You got yeah. two little kids running around, and y- you know what you're. Yeah. You've had a long day at work and you're coming home and mom is exhausted and dinner's not done and you're headed back to another meeting. I mean, th- those mm-hmm. are days you're like, oh my goodness gracious, you know, is this, mm-hmm. is this what I signed up for? Yeah. I, you know, I think it, it, it's realistic. I, you know, although both of us probably w- would admit there were times we would have considered divorce, mm-hmm. there, we never would have followed through on it. Yeah. It's just never an option mm-hmm. for, for us. For sure. I mean, we, Betsy we, and I have been in the exact like, same space. You know what? It, it'd be an easy, it'd be easy to have an escape hatch. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But I've done enough marriage counseling work with enough couples that have come back and said after the divorce, it would have been easier for me to stay married. Yep. Right. It yep. would have been easier for me to work through this and to do, you know, put yep. the mm-hmm. short term hard work in mm-hmm. to resolve the conflict. Right. Now I've got a lifetime of, you know, not having my family together, doing parenting in separate locations. Yeah. I can't tell you how many couples have come back and said yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we've had we've had some pretty good arguments over the years. Both of us are pretty fiery. Mm. Right on. But our daughter was it a year ago? <laughs> any any like holes in the drywall or things thrown? Or I mean, how? Because I know not after we were married. Before we were married, I did punch a hole. Actually, yeah, yeah that's another story. <laughs> not after we were married, I don't think there were there was a lot of me walking out of the room um, because mm-hmm. I I feel like I get to a point where I can't. Yep. I feel like I'm gonna go out of control. Yep. Yeah. If that happens, Absolutely. and then him pursuing me, wanting to talk, wanting to talk, mm. and then that would just result in me shutting right down. Yep. And eventually, coming back together. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, so you know, a lot of that. Um, so is it the classic like you know? Do you walk out of the room? Jim follows you and be like, "We yeah. need to talk mm-hmm. about this. Where are you yeah. going?" Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's exactly. fix this. Yeah. Stay yeah. together. Yeah. I, totally. I had to learn though what what Kathy's limit was mm-hmm. yes yeah I'd learn what her face would start to look like what her body language would be and like I just had to stop yeah, yeah. E- you know even though what I wanted was the godly thing I wanted to resolve the conflict absolutely right. now wasn't the time yeah mm-hmm. right yeah and so and so you like you're like oh, I need we need to talk with this right? <laughs> no, but it's and I'm watching her walk away from me yeah. what is, so I know that there's there's like the more appropriate road and then there's the the raw kind of inappropriate what would you believe about yourself when you like i'm following her i'm saying we need to deal with this she's mm-hmm. walking away from me the more i try and push the more she's shutting down what are you believing about yourself like those those insecure places inside of you in those moments mm. oh i can't fix this mm. i can't fix i'm a this. failure 
So, you know, we Brene Brown talks mm -hmm. about the difference between guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am something right. wrong. I am. Yeah. Well, my generation of male, we suffer intensely with shame. Yes. Amen. Because it's, you know, we're not achieving the expectation. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you're in a, when you're in a public position, Mm -hmm. You want everything to be right. So right. That when you walk out of the house, you're doing so with a level of integrity. Yeah. Yes. So I'd want to fix this thing. Oh, my goodness. So that I could go to bed and get up in the morning and go to work and be a person of integrity. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, you know, again, it's pretty simple. It's not about me. Oh, my gosh. But I can totally right. put myself in your shoes. Like, I can't fix this. The panic of that, I imagine. But then also... I can imagine being really angry with Kathy in those moments saying mm -hmm. you're shutting down, which means that I can't fix this, which means that mm -hmm. what, if, what if it's true that I don't actually have integrity tomorrow morning when I go back to work? Mm -hmm. Like you're the one, you know, like the, the, the not holy part of me is like <laughs> yeah. blaming her like, ah, you're doing this to me. Ang anger was maybe the presenting emotion, but mm -hmm. the, the real emotion was fear. Yes. Okay. I, oh, I respect I that. that. Right. Yes. I mean, anger is always secondary. Mm -hmm. So what's yeah. causing mm -hmm. anger? Well, it was fear. Like yeah. fear of, oh my goodness, is, is this going to fall apart? And, yes. Yeah. And is, is this not real? Mm -hmm. Is it a and facade? That's, and you know? that's what we see so often is you going after her. You're watching her walk away. Does this mean we're going to fall apart? Hmm. does this mean we're going to be a facade and how mm -hmm. scary that must be that mm -hmm. the love of your life is walking away from you when you need her the most. Mm. Right. And then you, Kathy are walking away because you're trying to protect him. Mm -hmm. No, nah, she's walking away because she's just mad at yeah, him. I was, I was <laughs> wondering, I was like, is, is that like, true for you right now? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. Probably more. <laughs> I just, I'm shutting down because I have nothing left. I have nothing I have left. Nothing There's left. nothing more to give. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing yeah. more to give. So and like you said, if I go any farther, right, right, right. I, I'm going to either explode right. or completely shut down. Right. And I don't want right. either of those. So I got to, I got to walk away right. and get out of that. I am, this was maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, Jim had some expenses he needed to turn, needed to turn into where he is right now. And, um, he was in a busy season and, um, you know, nothing negative, just busy, a lot of expectations put on mm -hmm. him. Mm. And so I was copying those off our Amex card, mm -hmm. um, receipt, uh, from, uh, uh, the internet. And so I was taking photos of those and I was circling them in red just mm -hmm. so they'd stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And I sent those to him, you know, have you, um, mm -hmm. have you entered these into the, the app? And then, you know, I found some more, I sent them, and then, he responds back to me, um, you know, he's a little short yeah. mm -hmm. and then he was a little short after that. And then mm -hmm. he said, you know, you send me all these, um, photos mm -hmm. and everything's outlined in red and red and red. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy cow, how many of us growing up mm -hmm. remember getting feedback from a teacher in red ink and it was yep. often negative. Yep. Yeah. And so it's that was yeah. something yeah. so teensy weensy, mm -hmm. but so now it's in purple. If I do that, <laughs> if I do that, but and I um, appreciate that. Right. But, soothing lavender, but yeah. you know, <laughs> yes, right. which is the main scent that you're going to have around our house. Nice. I, I love, love lavender. Yeah. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, so I, um, that is just a little thing, but, um, I was doing that not only at the wrong time, but I was doing it in, um, kind of a little bit of the wrong context. Well, in, yeah. in, this is a really interesting example. I love that you guys brought this up because it's so 
everybody experiences this. Everybody. Some little thing that you did to try to help me out tells me that I'm doing something wrong right. or you're, yeah, you're, you get defensive. yeah. Right, right. And so then I got to do something and let you know how I'm feeling. And usually that's not quite so kind, which hurts you because you were just trying to help. And so mm-hmm. then blah, 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 blah. And right? now we're Here both we feeling like failures walking no. away from <laughs> yeah. something that was supposed to be positive. Yes. And right. I think, I think you guys nailed it and just turned it around and said, you know what, to slow that down and say, hold on a second where are you really coming from here? Because I know you're really good with the finances and I'm really busy. And you, you guys were both able to step back, empathize with each other. Wait, let me just stand in their shoes for a minute. He's really busy. You're right. Sending five messages with highlighted in red, Mm -hmm. probably not my best moment. That was not sensitive to you and your heart. Mm -hmm. I get that. Let me do it in purple next time. (laughs) Okay. And Jim, for you too, to, to, listen to yourself and to say yeah that did feel this way maybe purple would be way better and i get that you're the books person and i'm so appreciative of that that's so helpful and i appreciate you know what you do for our family Mm. i think that's so that's so hard to do and yet really important with those little things that just don't need to go sideways but do right well i think it's back to empathy and and i think probably over the last 10 years i've understood that the one quality of Jesus we don't talk enough about is empathy mm-hmm. and it actually is his presenting quality I love he that. leaves he leaves the perfection of glory and comes to us yes so that we can understand God the Father empathizes with our situation he right. comes to us and he lives with us he ex- experiences life here on earth all right I'm to be Christ-like to my wife I'm actually to be so Christ-like, I die to self. Mm. So that's that empathy. How do I empathize? How do I empathize with postpartum depression? How do I empathize with mm. what my wife is going through as mm-hmm. you know parents pass away and as her mother ages and she's the only daughter? And you know, how do I yeah. just pa- just stop a minute, slow down? What's she feeling right now? You're pointing out one very, very important aspect of, of kind of a two-pronged approach. So in EFT, Betsy and I, we spend most of our time talking about the second approach, which is, all right, when things don't go ideal, how do you repair that? But what we get to focus on, I think, in this episode, which is really cool, is, all right, before things go bad, how, what's, what's that thing that we can really focus on to avoid mm-hmm. issues in the first place, mm-hmm. and you guys just empathy, mm-hmm. it, which I, I kind of translate that as, Betsy, you mentioned this a second ago, trusting the other person's heart. Mm-hmm. So if I can trust your heart, man, that's gonna save us a ton of issues. Mm-hmm. And and then also that, that secondary, because I heard the, um, you know, well, I, I wish I would have done this. It would have better been better had I done, done that. And all of these moments for all of us where the shoulds and the ought tos just aren't there and now we've got this reality of i didn't right. now what and that's where i think that conversation mm-hmm. of repair is so important right. it's mm-hmm. like look i intend i i intended this to be helpful but the way that it actually landed for you was really stressful and overwhelming and i'm gonna choose to make space for that mm-hmm. Rather than get defensive, like, well, if you would be so freaking sensitive yeah. all the time, stressed mm-hmm. out and caring more about your work than being nice to your wife and right, right then, mm-hmm. but no, it's, yeah, totally. I didn't mean this, but that was really stressful for you, man. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sucked. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. This reminds me of um, the creation story, talking about empathy and how our spouse is a gift to us, that God created Adam. And when God and Adam were in the Garden of Eden, paradise. Imperfection. Imperfection. Yeah, the fall hadn't happened yet. I can't even imagine what my relationship would be like with God if there was no sin. Yeah, perfect connection, perfect union. He said, hey, Adam. It's not good that you're alone. Actually, I think in the Hebrew it says, Jesus, God said to Jesus, Jesus, this guy needs help. <laughs> I think that's actually I think that's actually the correct one. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Which is it. which is fair, but either way, yeah. it's like I mean we're in Let's be real we're honest in, here. <laughs> we're in perfect creation and perfect union. Yeah. And, and we still, still felt alone. Yeah. Well, they, right. So this this idea that our fierce independence that we have in our culture, this, this idea that, you know, we're, we're okay if we don't have anybody and we don't just need a spouse, right? We need friends. We need family. We, we have circles that we need, but, Mm. but then God gave Adam the best gift of all his creation of Eve. And he said, now this is very good, right? Yeah. Well, I, exactly. and again, in seriousness, if you do go back to the original language, that act of creating humanity is the only act in creation that it is noted that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all together in that. So oh. the community of the Holy Spirit, of, of the Trinity, says, let us create them in our image. All of, all of, mm, the, that gives all me of the pronouns, yeah. all the pronouns are plural. Yeah. That is cool. So the, the whole understanding in the Imago Dei or the image of God is we are created for relationships. Exactly. We are, we are not created for isolation. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why this is so important that this is, this is why we do what we do is because we are a gift to each other and not just a gift that's like, hey, this is fun. This is cool. It's better to go through life with, with this person. But, but no, it's a need. Correct. Which, which in my mind also deepens how heartbreaking it is that, you know, like we were talking about specifically for men and I have the exact same struggle, the struggle of shame, mm-hmm. that I should be enough, that I should be able to do this, fix this. And if I can't do it on my own, how utterly horrible, broken failure I am. Right. right? And just, man, how opposite that is. How yeah. how. It's not. How hellacious of a lie, right? Mm-hmm. It is a lie. Yeah. It comes down to our identity. Uh, that triggers a question for me. If you guys imagine yourselves not having any security in your identity, that all of the insecurities that, you know, th- they still plague us and they still, you know, nip at our heels, but if you guys didn't have the security that you have in who you are, what do you think your relationship would look like right now? Oh, I'm certain that we and anybody else who would follow that path would not be together. Yeah. And it would just be a life of brokenness and addiction. That's what it was you know? like when that's, we were dating. That's what, <laughs> what it was like when we were kids. Yeah. 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 My yeah. identity was, was in this girl. Yes, me. and yes. mine was in you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's like not getting out of your teenage yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. It's like not getting out of your teenage years. That's the way we yeah. are as adolescents, right? I we, think that's totally we legitimate. We gain our identity yeah. from our peer groups, yeah. and then when we start dating, we, you know, it's we we get enmeshed in kind of wrapping up the conversation i'm I'm mindful of something and then i want to ask you a final question so i love this picture that we're painting of all right in adolescence 
we totally found our identity in each other, same as everybody else on the planet. We all struggle with that, especially in that, uh, in that stage of life. But when we were in that place, oh my goodness, could we make or break each other. Oh my goodness, did we have way more power over each other than was ever intended. Right. Mm -hmm. It was miserable, it was chaotic, it was scary, it was extremely painful. And then we went through this process piece by little piece of growing into not like, hey, we're doing life with each other better. We just have more skills in our marriages. But, you know, that those skills were an outcome of we're doing better in our relationship and our identity with God. Right. That I'm finding my enoughness more and more there in my relationship with God than I am finding my enoughness with you. Enoughness. Right. That'll go in the Urban Dictionary. If right. It's not already there. <laughs> right. Enoughness. Enoughness. Yeah. Yes, right. And which I think that is amazing. Mm. So as you guys look back at your years of marriage and you look at this transition of my identity was first found in, in you, spouse, but now I have learned to, found, to find as often as possible my identity in Christ. If you got to point to, and I want to hear from each of you, one thing above all else that helped drive you to make that transition of identity what was that for you i think it was the birth of our daughter Hmm. Um, our first child our first child yeah what just you know being part of the birthing experience and fortunately in our generation i was able to be part of that and be there it was it was a long painful Um, process for Kathy and mm. there was a moment in just watching that and then holding my child I'm like wow this is an incredible woman mm. yeah. um, and I get to build into her as she fulfills who she is mm. and just and I, and I think it was just that moment of childbirth because I'm like well, man we're after this experience, we're never having a second one. <laughs> there's, just, there's just no way this woman's going through this again. So <laughs> said the father. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, if it was up to men, we would, you know, the dinosaurs would still be here and humanity would be extinct. <laughs> but then just watching, as soon as she held that baby, it was like, it was all that, all that pain, whatever was gone. I'm like, wow, I, I get to be alongside of her. It was, it was just an image of strength and and ability and power and uniqueness of, yeah. of, of my wife. I get to come alongside of her while she is everything she's called to be in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a holy moment, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But, but I think I'm still living into that, though. Yeah. I, I don't think I've figured it all out. But if, if I'm hearing you right, yeah. though, it's like the, the major thing that happened for you, it drove you a, a long ways in shifting from a focus of what can I get out of this relationship or how oh, can yeah. you serve other or mm-hmm. what, what identity uh, insecurities can you offer me relief from into, whoa, I get to serve you. I get to show up for you. I get to come alongside of you. Well, it's a I whole get, element of fatherhood and yeah. now you're a, you're a team in parenting. And, yeah. and I think there's some transition moments that if a person is willing to say, man, I, I get to be part of this instead of saying, oh my goodness, there's another person here, so I'm going to get less. Yeah. Yep. Right. Well, it, you know, if yeah. you like that kind of loneliness, go for it. <laughs> right? <laughs> because, you know, you're going to get what you ask for. Yeah. If you want to be the center of attention, eventually you will be, but you're probably going to be the center of your own attention. Yeah. That's, the word alone. stewardship comes to my mind. It's mm. that, like, instead of how are you stewarding me, it's I mm. get to steward yeah. you. Yeah. You're the gift that God yeah. gave me, and I get to steward yeah. you. You know, yeah. for me, I think it's every 
um, negative thing that I've ever gone through in my life, you know, in the middle of it, it's like, oh, this is awful. This is just terrible. And I've shed a lot of tears mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. But those are the things that have grown me and gotten me to gotten have brought me to where <laughs> I am right now. And I'm in no way perfect, but I'm so glad I'm better today than I was yesterday. And if I'm hearing you correctly, it's you're saying it's m- not necessarily one moment that really drilled that in for you, but it's more, we want nothing but goodness and joy, but we don't right. realize that depth of that experience yeah. comes from heartache. Like yeah. Yeah. happiness is meaningless without the sadness to give it depth. Yeah. Yep. Only, right. Only true goodness and joy doesn't exist otherwise. Well, yeah. yeah. It's 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 the stuff of life that comes that makes that richer. Thank you so much, Jim and Kathy. You are amazing for giving us this time to dive into your relationship and, and being so vulnerable with the world about your relationship um Mm -hmm. i think that's a big gift and it was so much fun spending some time with you again anyway so thank you amen amen guys we want these episodes to be as absolutely helpful and useful as possible um so obviously sharing uh liking commenting whatever is applicable um just to get the word out there we'd so so appreciate that but also, we would love to hear from you and answer your questions, whatever marriage questions uh, that you have, if it's a particular situation, if it's a dynamic that you notice, a pattern, whatever. Um, you are welcome to email me directly about that. So my email is scott at hopetherapy.info. And again, would love to get those questions from you. So please send those. And we will keep coming out with these episodes uh, once per month. So until then, take care. Take care.